In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When this gospel is read, many times people will look at this Pharisee that we heard about, Nicodemus, and they'll say how remarkable it is, how special it is, that he has the courage to come and talk to Jesus, to come and have a discussion with Jesus. Because, after all, he was a Pharisee, which means that he was part of the Jewish leadership of the time, and the majority of those guys didn't really receive the message that Jesus was trying to teach. They rejected him. They didn't have the heart and the mind to listen to anything he was saying. So listening to Nicodemus is one of those people, but he sees something in Jesus that's worth listening to. He knows there's something different about Jesus. And I think many of us can relate to who Nicodemus was. Being a Pharisee, he has a good position in society. We can assume that he was well off, he was probably wealthy, very, lived a very comfortable life in terms of material things, physical things. But as we probably all know, that's not enough in life. And even getting that position and getting those things, it leaves us tired. It takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of sacrifice to some extent. And a lot of us are probably tired. Tired not only of accumulating material goods, but of things that happen in life. Family drama, hardships of all kinds, suffering of all kinds, sicknesses, illnesses in our families, deaths in our families, just trying to make life work. A lot of us are left exhausted. And I think we know, especially because we're gathered here at church to worship God, that we need something more than what just the world on its own has to offer. And Nicodemus, I think, was in this position. This is how I think he's being presented in this gospel. He has what he needs in a worldly sense. He has position, he has wealth, but he knows there's something else. And he's aware of God too. He's aware that man is called to understand God. But he feels that Jesus has a profound answer for how to do this because of what he sees Jesus doing. Remember, in the gospel, Jesus is teaching. Jesus is performing miracles. He's spending time with different kinds of people. And so, what does he say to Jesus? How does he start this conversation? He says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things unless God is with him. It's a very nice thing to say. And I think it's an accurate thing to say, but it's not enough. It's not enough for Nicodemus to just see Jesus as a teacher. It's also not enough for us just to see Jesus as simply a teacher. Of course, Jesus taught, but he did much more than that. Jesus didn't come to us as just a teacher. He did extraordinary things. He taught with authority. He performed miracles, like we mentioned earlier, and the things he did, 
if we saw them, we could definitely see there's some kind of divine influence here. No, no mere human being can bring sight to blind people, for example. No mere human being can turn water into wine at a wedding. So Jesus wasn't just a teacher. Jesus came and took flesh and lived among us as a teacher, but also as a redeemer, as a savior. And that's the kind of kingdom that he was establishing. Nicodemus didn't really understand that. Nicodemus is interested when Jesus says that you have to be born anew to be in the kingdom of God. But then he asks, how can a man be born anew? You might as well tell me I gotta go into my mother's womb a second time and be born. That sounds like something impossible. What Nicodemus is failing to understand is that this Messiah, who's not just a teacher, but also a savior, calls us to not just exist and listen to his teachings, but to become something else. He calls us to change. And that happens through our baptism. That happens through our baptism where we go from being just creatures of God to sons and daughters of God. And God's kingdom is where those sons and daughters are acting like sons and daughters. Where those sons and daughters are acting as children of their father by living according to his will, according to his rules. And the main way we can define what it looks like to live according to our father's rules of his house is through sacrificial love. Because that's what we're doing through baptism. That's what we're witnessing in baptism. That's the change that happens in us. We go into the water, representing our death with Christ, and then come out of the water to represent our rising with Christ. That's the kind of participation that Jesus is calling us when he invites us to this kingdom, when he invites Nicodemus into this kingdom. And so Nicodemus saw miracles that Jesus did. He heard about things that Jesus did. He listened to the teachings that Jesus gave to his followers, and he considered those extraordinary, and they were. And that's why he's respecting him so much. That's why he's taking the risk of going out to meet him. But the real miracle that Nicodemus is not recognizing here, as he doesn't really understand the fullness of what God's kingdom is, the real miracle he's not noticing is that being a son and daughter of God can change us. It can change us. It can change the way we think. It can change the way we decide how to do things. It can turn us away from things that aren't good for us. It can turn us away from sin. And it can turn us toward what a human being is supposed to be. How a human being is supposed to act. How a human being is supposed to love. So brothers and sisters, this is what it means to be in the kingdom of God. This is what it means to be baptized. This is what it means to be his son or his daughter. It's truly a shame when baptisms happen here at church and the only thing that seems to be on people's minds because of the way that they're acting is the externals of the baptism, the superficial parts of the baptism. 
For example, when moms and dads are looking only at the photographers and not even at the priest when prayers are being said, when not one mouth is moving during the most basic of prayers that we do throughout the baptism. It's really a shame when that happens because that's literally, literally a life-changing moment. The person's soul who's being baptized is literally being changed, being conformed to Christ, being brought into the house of Christ to imitate Christ. And when that's not taken seriously, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing because of how much potential it has to change not just that soul, but that family. So brothers and sisters, today let's be there with Nicodemus in initiating this dialogue with Christ, seeing him not only as a teacher who said and did profound things, but as a redeemer who invites us to a, a kingdom that's literally life-changing. But that kingdom requires work, but at the same time, we can ask God for His grace to participate in that work, to do that work effectively, to the best of our ability, because it requires something pretty difficult, dying and rising with Christ. Amen.